Chapter 9 Down! Down through the hole! Down a massive pipe! Jet black blankness all around! Nothing to see or smell or feel but the sensation of speed, of falling forever! Now oh, this is a water slide! Rachel said, laughing a bit hysterically. I pulled some water into my mouth and pumped it over my gills. Had to remember to breathe. I whipped my body back and forth as hard as I could. We were going fast, but I wanted to go faster. Otherwise, I was just a projectile, unable to keep my head forward and tail back. Suddenly, we were horizontal, but the speed didn't lessen. We were rocketing, tearing along the pipe, blind, aware of nothing. No, not quite nothing. There was sound, rushing water boiling around every slight imperfection in the pipe. And ahead, ahead a different sound, louder, water, pipe, I yelled. We had a millisecond to react. We were at the pipe. The current yanked at my body and pulled it to the right. I fought it with all the sinewy strength of the eel's body. Then we were past the water main. That was the first one, Jake said. Everyone stay sharp. A lot more coming up. We always heard them, but always almost too late. It was harrowing. A wrong turn, and there would be no telling where we'd come out. We had two hours in morph. If we ended up in some dead end, without an open faucet, we'd be trapped inside the pipe. Trapped. Unable to demorph. Unable to get out. We would spend the rest of our lives as eels. Don't think about it, I told myself. But I guess I said it in thought speak, because Tobias asked, Don't think about what? Don't think about the fact that we could all end up trapped in a water supply tube, heading to some toilet in some abandoned building that no one ever flushes. Marco said, Shh! Don't think about it! Turn coming up! Jake said, Right turn, then pass a left and take another right almost immediately, then pass two and go left. We'll be there in a few seconds, and the whole sequence will only take about three seconds. Don't think. Don't talk. Just react. Jake was in the lead. I was right behind him. Tobias right behind me. Then Marco and Rachel. Suddenly... Turn! Pass! Right! Pass! Pass! Ah! Jake yelled. I ran into him. His tail was flailing madly. He'd been sucked into the wrong pipe. He was flailing, trying to back out. No time to turn. Chomp! I made a blind lunge. My razor teeth closed on tail. Hang on! I yelled. I felt Tobias press against me from behind. Tobias, grab me! Short pain as Tobias clamped down on my tail. But now I couldn't swim. Tobias had me. But Tobias couldn't hold us against the current. Get Cassie! Marco snapped, having quickly guessed what had to be done. Jump, jump. Don't ask me how they even found me, but they did. I was bleeding and vaguely in pain. 
but now it was three eels holding onto me. I contracted my body in a sudden, one-sided jerk. Jake was yanked back out into the pipe and into the main current. Thanks, Jake managed to say. Okay, which way now? Tobias asked. Um, I... Jake hesitated. He sounded woozy, really out of it. Had he been that scared? Maybe so, but Jake had never failed to cope. I got a flash of him sitting in the barn, with his head in his hands. Then, another flash of the way his eyes looked when Marco came up with his plan to get into the yerk pool. I thought his eyes glittered with excitement. I would have slapped myself if I had hands. Jake was sick. Chapter 10 I think Jake is sick. That's why he's so out of it. He's feverish. I sent my thought speak to Rachel, Tobias, and Marco. And I'm afraid it may be what Axe has. If he starts having demorphing spasms... He could get too big. He could get crushed in the pipes. Rachel finished for me. That does it. We've got to get him out of here. Marco said. But how? No, we're not aborting the mission. Rachel shot back. Marco and Cassie, you can do with Jake. Tobias and I will go on. What? You're the boss now? Marco demanded. I can't remember if Eric said to take the third right after the second left, or what? Jake mumbled. It's okay, Jake. It's okay. I reassured him. Yeah, I'm in charge. Rachel asserted. Someone has to be. Yeah, I'm going to happily follow some deranged violence junkie. You don't want me to be leader? Fine. How about Cassie? Or Tobias? Stop! Please, just stop! I exclaimed. You're acting like Jake's dead or something. He's right here. I opened up the thought speak to include Jake. Jake, I think you have the yamfut. What do you want us to do? There was a long moment of silence. Jake? Did you hear me? I finally asked. Let's get out of here. Shouldn't two of us go on? Rachel argued. I... I don't... No. No. We all get out. Jake ordered. How? We're lost! Marco said. I... I don't... Jake said woozily. I felt a wave of sick dread. We were lost. Lost in pipes that stretched for miles. Jake out of commission. No one with an idea. It's like air! Tobias said suddenly. What? Air currents! He said. Sometimes I fly at night, back up in the canyons. You can't see the walls of the canyon. You can't see the opening of the canyon. And it's hard to get enough altitude to... The point? Marco snapped. Is there a point? The wind. It doesn't blow through canyon walls. It can only blow out through the opening. If you ride it, sooner or later, it will take you out. Water is the same. Has to come out somewhere, right? So what? We ride the current? I asked. Yeah, yeah. We ride the current. Going with the flow. Wherever it's strongest. Simple. Simple. This? Marco muttered. We rode. 
We had no concept of time. No idea where we were. How much time we had left in Morph. We simply rode the current through blackness, swimming enough to keep control of our bodies. Forever. It seemed like forever. Down. Up. Right. Left. With Jake quieter and quieter. Moving more slowly. Then... Hear that? Marco asked. Kern is still strong, Rachel said. Really loud, isn't... I started to say. Then, a sudden vertical jerk and whoosh! Down a curving, rough-walled pipe. A sudden crush of pressure and... Ah! No pipe! I was hurling through the air! My eel eyes weren't good for much, but they could see the fire. The fire that was everywhere! Ah! The others exploded from the end of the nozzle. We were five eels, blown from the end of a fire hose, arcing through the air toward a burning building. Chapter 11 Through the air! Through a window! I hit, then skidded across the floor. Demorph! Rachel yelled. I didn't need any encouragement. The rush of water shoved me up against a stove. I was demorphing, water hammering me. But I didn't mind the water. The alternative was fire. My human eyes returned and instantly began to sting. I squinted, shooting my face with a slimy, vestigial hand. The others rose like horrible monsters from the swirling water. We were in a kitchen. The main fire was in the living room. I saw stairs. Stairs, Jake gasped. Up. We staggered, a half-morphed bunch of nightmares, up the stairs, away from the fire. Other hoses must have been hammering through the upper windows, because water came down the stairs like a waterfall. We made it to the second floor. Jake leaned over the railing and threw up. I don't see anyone up here, Rachel gasped, choking on the smoke. I nodded in agreement. Let's... Then I started coughing. It didn't matter. We knew what to do. I don't think anyone noticed the birds of prey tearing out of a back window, singed and wet. We flew only a short way. Jake was too weak to stay in the air. We landed and demorphed. Well, that was fun, Marco said. Let's do that again, real soon. Must be this stupid yumfoot. Rachel said, helping me to hold Jake up. Jake was sick in eel form. Sick in human form, too. Yeah, and Axe got sick in his human morph, Tobias added. He was overhead, making sure we weren't being watched or followed. We'll try again after school tomorrow, Jake told us when he stepped off the ladder. If I'm not better, you'll have to go without me. I'm going home. Try to rest up. Marco and I will walk you, I volunteered. I'll morph to Owl and fly back to the barn, Rachel told us. Check on Axe, and I'll ask him what he knows about how the Yamfoot affects humans, then call you at Jake's. Jake wiped his mouth with his sleeve. You go back to the barn too, Tobias, and stay there, he instructed. Eric's hologram is good, but it's not enough. If Axe fights his way out of the stall, Morphin does something big and stop him. If his temperature gets close to... 91.3, I told him. Right. Okay. 
Wow. Man. My mind is gone. This sucks. Like the flu. That's how it feels. Like I have to... He bent over and heaved. Like you have to chuck? Marco suggested. Marco and I each wrapped an arm around Jake's waist and headed off. Fortunately, the water tower was on the same side of town as Jake's house, but it was still a long way. Rachel and Tobias took off. You ever notice how many different ways there are to say throwing up? Marco asked as we passed Dunkin' Donuts, the first in the row of fast food places dotting the main street running through town. There's vomiting, of course. Hurling. Tossing your cookies. Puking. A classic. Ralphing. I was glad Marco was filling up the silence, even though I thought he could have come up with a better topic. There's cascading, but I prefer the terms that are more real, like blowing chunks, spewing your guts. Marco took a deep breath and kept on talking as we made our way past Taco Bell. Tangoing with the toilet. That's a good one, he said reflectively. Technicolor yawn. Jake broke away from us, staggered over to the curb, and... Fill in your favorite term for puking here. I give that a four, Marco told Jake. Sorry, guy, but your projectile force was not where it should be. Jake started to straighten up. Then his knees buckled. Marco and I reached him just before he hit the pavement. Marco wrapped one of Jake's arms around his shoulders. I slid his other arm around me. Then, Marco and I made a seat for Jake by linking hands underneath him. Soon, Marco and I were huffing and puffing too much to talk. We turned off the main street, heading deeper into the residential section. A few porch lights were on, but it was pretty dark. And quiet, except for said huffing and puffing. Almost there, Marco panted. We turned onto Jake's block. When we reached Jake's porch, we gently lowered him to his feet. He wobbled a little, but managed to stay upright. Don't let Tom see me, in case I morph, Jake muttered. I raised my hand to knock, but Jake's mom opened the door before we even had time to knock. Jake has the flu, I lied. I know, I'm on the phone with Rachel. Jake's mom held up the cordless. She said you were on the way. I think Jake's about to blow again, Marco exclaimed. He hustled Jake off down the hall toward the bathroom. Can I talk to Rachel for a sec? I asked. Jake's mom handed me the phone. Rachel, it's me, I said. Jake's lucky, Rachel told me. Our other friend has a much, much worse case of the flu. Our other friend says he thinks Jake will get the usual flu. You know, fever, throwing up, headache. Our friend has some long, partially delirious explanation that you don't want to hear. Great. That's a relief, at least, I said warily. The bad news is, we're probably all going to get sick, too. This strain of the flu is extremely contagious, Rachel continued. Got to go. I think I just heard your parents' car. I stood there, staring at the phone in my hand. If we all got sick, who was going to save Aftran? And who was going to operate on Axe? Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. Uh, sorry about missing last week. Totally transparent. I was at Disneyland. Um, some real last-second plans kind of came together uh, for that to happen. 
So I've never been, actually. Uh, I'm from Indiana. I went to Disney World as a kid. Uh, so it was cool. Uh, rode uh, R- Rise of the Resistance, that, the Star Wars ride. Pretty cool. Pretty well done. Pretty fun. Um, so that's why I didn't post. Sorry. <laughs> um, but I did post this week, and thank you for listening. Uh, I got a message here. It's from a longtime friend here, Willis, who writes in on Tumblr, and that's audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. Uh, long time no ass. Been binge watching Digimon Try after I got my first V pet. Unrelated to that, my favorite trope in media is the mirror universe, where all the characters have their morality flipped. Applying it to Animorphs is difficult because it's hard to see a good parasite, but making the Andalites evil, uh, making the Andalites evil is pretty easy to see. They already have a bit of a superiority complex. The only thing I can think of for good Yurks is maybe Yurks that live more symbiotic with their hosts. Not taking full control and only staying if the controller wants them to. And they operate on a more two brains are better than one concept. Any thoughts on Mirror Universe for Animorphs? Uh, signed, Willis the Arthas. Well, um, you might not know this, but uh, Kay Applegate and Michael Grant are self-avowed huge Star Trek fans and took a lot of inspiration from Star Trek. Star Trek, of course, also famously having um, the mirror universe where the trope of the goatee comes from, right? Where your evil version is just you with a goatee. Um, and so rest assured, actually, uh, I think it might be this upcoming Megamorphs after this book. But one of the Megamorphs is um, mirror universe Animorphs. So without getting uh, into any more detail about that, uh, those exist. And you'll see what the official canonical take on that is. It's pretty messed up. Uh, that's all I'll say about it. <laughs> They're pretty evil. Um, but yeah, I think Animorphs is kind of a difficult one to do that sort of mirror universe thing, um, in part because uh, sort of the thesis of Animorphs is that morality is not so simple as um, black, white, good, evil. There's lots of um, compromise and and uh, crossing moral boundaries within more, even for the quote-unquote good guys, right? Um so yeah, K. Applegate intentionally sets out to make a setting where the Andalites aren't just um, all around good people. There's a lot of issues within Andalite society um, and a lot of prejudices in Andalite society that um, I, I, I think a not uncommon and not unbased uh, reading of the Andalites is um, as a stand-in for America and American foreign policy. I think there's a lot of the same, especially around... Um, you know, Vietnam, uh, the, sen- the sense of a overwhelming uh, military force that's technologically advanced losing to um, a f- guerrilla-type force that they aren't fast enough to adapt to or counter, um, even with their technological advantage. Also, you know, the whole, we'll just raise it all to the ground and that will solve our problems thing. I don't know. I'm just saying. Um and then the Yurks, of course, um, very easy to make evil. K. Applegate does some work to try to complicate that. We have, I mean, this very book we're on just mentioned the Yurk peace movement. Of course, we have Cassie's book with Aftran and sort of debating um, even like their parasitism. Uh, how, how morally justified is that if that is their, you know, literal biological nature? I don't know. Um they also offer, I think, in canon what the quote-unquote good version of the Yurks are, which is the Iscourt, right? 
that's um, a divergent evolution of Yurk that created a truly symbiotic relationship with a biologically manufactured host body. Um, those are my thoughts. Uh, thank you for writing in, Willis. Uh, if if you'd like to write in, you can do that through that Tumblr. That's audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. Uh, we have a Gmail. That's audiomorphscast.gmail.com. We have a website. That's theapocalypse.com. The Apocalypse, like Apocalypse, but with the D in the middle. You can also leave me a rating on Apple uh, Podcasts. I read those, and that is a way you can message me, theoretically. Um, and, yeah, I think that's all I got. Um, I just got uh, some new stuff for the microphone to try to cut down on the echo that I'm still sort of hearing. Um, I haven't actually heard, I haven't, like, edited anything. with. This is the first audio I will be editing um, and putting through, you know, all my post-edit filters to boost the levels and all the, you know, stuff that... I have to do because I don't have a professional recording setup. Um, I haven't actually heard it yet, so we'll we'll find out together um, how this sounds and if it sounds notably different. But uh, thank you all for listening, and I will see you all next week. My name is Daniel. I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. <laughs>